like um, how you do that thing called numbering thing. <laughs> well, like, yeah, yeah. My brain is is, is a little. How dead. you use numbers to show yeah. like what order you're going to do really things cre- in. And it's really creative how two follows one. And then three. Then you do like A, B, C. Did you come up with that as like a (laughs) sub organization? I like how you put that dot at the end so I know that sentence is over. Mm -hmm. That's good. It's really good. Welcome back to Raise a Mic, a Hamilton Revisit podcast. We are so excited that you're here with us. I hope that you have been listening along, that you've gone all the way back to the beginning, because on this podcast, we are talking through every song in Hamilton, song by song. Every episode is one song. And the three of us are talking about our thoughts about it, what we like about it, what we maybe don't like about it, what history says about it, all those things. So I am Audrey Goodwin, and I have two other hosts with me. We all three meet here every week and host this podcast together. So I have Josh with me. Say hello, Josh. Hey. And I have Andy with me. Say hi, Andy. Hi. (laughs) We're so excited that you're here with us. Um, And we can't wait to share this podcast with you and share a discussion with each other because we don't even know what we're going to say yet. It's all a mystery. Yeah, it is. It's all, it's all a mystery to everyone. To all of us, all involved, (laughs) you, us, (laughs) the theater gods, we don't know. (laughs) Uh, So we are here and we just had an amazing song where we, what did we learn about them? (laughs) We learned to stay alive. (laughs) You're going to have to cut this part. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm not. I'm not at all. No cutting. No cutting. Leave this. We learned to stay alive. Yeah, we did. I'll um, Um, take that from Andy. (laughs) You need me to tell you? Like, I can. We can. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we were talking about the war and and, uh, how there was a lot going on. Oh, right, right, right. The troops Mm -hmm. weren't getting money, and they were eating their horses and dogs and boots and other things. And Yeah, and then we got really mad at Charles Lee because he started spouting off about Washington. And that is where we are today because Hamilton was given a direct order that he cannot try to defend Washington's honor, but his bro said, you know what, man, I got you. So we are stepping one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Seven, eight, eight, nine. nine into the tangible commandments. Uh, I, see what you, I see what you did there. I just got chills. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we are, y'all. <laughs> yeah, that is that is exactly where we are. Um, I, lo- I just love that, like, Washington's like, Hamilton, you can't do it. I don't want you to do that. But um, but then Lawrence is just like, oh, well, I guess I'll do it. Like, it mattered. the who. Like, I think it was really just that, just ignore Washington that. Washington didn't dude. want anybody to yeah. do it. Not just not. Yeah, Hamilton. I don't think he was just like Hamilton, not you. I need you in the tent writing letters. It was <laughs> right. literally like nobody do this. But no, Lawrence is on board. He's like, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, um, and even historically, even historically, um, like Washington was vehemently opposed to it. That yeah. he he would call out, like he would make examples of people who didn't, who chose not to duel in front of the entire army. Um, so it was like a big incentive not to um, partake in the duels. 
and still and yet <laughs> they did it anyway yep um we're gonna get into all of our thoughts on dueling of which i'm sure we have a ton um but first we gotta do a fun fact and our uh fun fact today is that this song is called the 10 dual commandments um and it is very closely related to a notorious big song called the 10 crack commandments um which literally is a step-by-step um here's how to produce and sell crack cocaine um song um yeah, yeah. like to the <laughs> point th- this like even the beginning is the exact same the way they count yeah um and to the point that like the the creators of hamilton had to put in the acknowledgments <laughs> of the film that they used permission with this song yeah it's really similar um it's not like a obviously it's not like a word for word like parody um, but the idea is the same. Um, yeah. And the thought was kind of if uh, 10 Crack Commandments is a song about how to do illegal things in the 90s, then this song is a song about how to do illegal things in the 1700s. Um, so, yeah, um, because dueling was illegal in some places, not all the places and was very rarely prosecuted, but it was everything is legal in New Jersey. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> As we will learn um, in the musical and also, you know, life. <laughs> we love you, Jersey. Shout out I, to our fans in Jersey. I, I have I have no real opinions on New Jersey. I just knew Audrey Wood. Um, <laughs> so. It's got great views of Manhattan. <laughs> no, Jersey's great, like legitimately, like love y'all. <laughs> uh, my, my connection to Jersey is like knowing that people from New York have, have opinions. And I only know that because of how I met your mother um because mm. i talk about it a lot in that show yep um okay so yeah that's that's the fun fact it's really closely tied to a notorious big song um and i think andy's gonna talk about some of the musicalness of that you know going forward but yeah that's it that, that's the fun fact <laughs> would you say so i'm not familiar with that song would you say it like is a sample it's close enough that it sounds like a sample or it's just the idea it's not a sample Mm-hmm. Um, the, the music and the beat are very different. Um, mm-hmm. I think the 10 dual commandments captures a feeling of that era of hip hop, Yeah, but not that song specifically. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I listen, I, I listened to it a couple times yesterday and today. Yeah. Um, cause you know, gotta, gotta, gotta identify with it, you know? Yeah. Cause <laughs> I have no identification the, how to sell crack the, the thank good good <laughs> good to know um the one two three four five six seven eight nine ten part is really similar but not exactly the same um so there's a song that that didn't make it into the show cabinet meeting three um that actually is more closer an actual like lifted song um it's actually almost exactly uh hail mary um by tupac um mm. so this is not exactly that there's a lot more differences in this actually that's why it didn't make the show probably <laughs> well, that, like that in time there's <laughs> enough to get sued um because <laughs> right. of the counting at the beginning and then he numbers everything off and it's real it's a relatively short song it's like three yeah. three and a half minutes um and so um it's an it's enough to get sued it's enough to get sued right yeah but not exactly like a one-to-one but really similar when you when you listen to 10 crack commandments, you know, if you want to go do that in your free time, um, 
I'm gonna put that on your Spotify rewind for next year. Um, mm-hmm. Then, yeah, it, it's real. You'll 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 feel how they are connected cool. uh, for sure, for sure. Uh, all right, so let's get into some thoughts here. Um, I wanted to spend. We're gonna do this episode maybe a little differently in some ways. Um, Come along with us, friends. Yeah, we're trying new things. Um, and just the, the the nature of the song, I kind of think lends itself to to this. So. There's a ritual of a duel that is happening here, um, and I'm going to break down, you know, each of those those numbers, which is most of the song. Um, but Andy, why don't you? I know this is bouncing around, but you had it in your notes to talk a little bit about um, the code duelo. So you want to you want to do that? Yeah. Here? So I I really think this is this is a great creative way to just to take some time to describe something that's important to the play, Mm -hmm. but also it can get kind of boring. Um, The the code duello. Yeah. Duello, not duello. I don't know what I was saying. (laughs) It's all right. I tried to say it like Latin earlier before I realized it's just code. I was trying to say it like code duello, (laughs) like trying to be super fancy, but no, it's just code. It's it's just code. Code duello. Code, not code. Um, (laughs) Even though that sounds. (laughs) sounds like a monk it does (laughs) so code duello was something so dueling has been around since the middle ages um but in 1777 there's a group of irishmen that established a set of rules um for unusual for unusual for irish people right (laughs) right um except the only the difference between the song and this is that there were 25 rules um in the code outlining rules all aspects of the duel yeah too many rules um maybe it kept people alive i don't know (laughs) maybe the 25 rules are good (laughs) maybe um and so these were genuine generally followed in like europe Mm -hmm. and then in 1838 there was an americanized version of this code that kind of took out uh, about half of the rules and left the quote unquote important ones. Um, that sounds right. Written by someone by the South Carolina governor at the time. Ooh, that sounds real right. <laughs> that that tracks. <laughs> that, yep. feel, that feels right. Yep. Oh, um, yeah. Awesome. So yeah, so it is. So this song is sort of breaking down the idea of what a duel looks like. And it really is. Um, so much of a ritual and the song lends itself to that idea even with the fact that it's broken down um number by number obviously there are more than 10 but because we already know that he was you know looking at 10 crack commandments as a as a kind of a and this is an homage to that so it kind of it kind of all works and then um, there's the biblical con- con- connection too um, yeah you know having the 10 commandments that moses brought down from the mountain um, yeah, that you have those commandments as well. And you just, it, it almost makes these, make these rules appear as like, quote unquote, gospel to combine religions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and look, it would, there's, you can tell even from the way this is presented in the, in the musical, that this is a big deal that this is happening. Yeah. Um, and, and it really, all, all of this as, as dumb as it is to us today, um, it all comes down to pride. Um, and so when we do, uh, when you get into these numbers, it, so much of it comes down to pride. And that's why an apology could end it, as we learn with number one. Mm. Um, if someone would apologize for the thing that was the slight that was caused, then it's over. Um, 
very often that doesn't happen because people are people and they're prideful and they don't like to admit they're wrong. Um, and so that didn't always happen. So if you couldn't get it fixed that way, um, then you would uh, find a buddy and he would be your second, um, which in the song we find out is like a lieutenant um, who's going to come in and negotiate with with the person. Um, what we don't talk about too much and isn't talked about here. And again, shout out to Social Stud because I used his YouTube channel again um, to talk about this. Um, your second would fill in for you if you couldn't duel. So let's assume John Lawrence had woken up that morning with like a stomach ache and wasn't going to make it to the duel. Um, Hamilton would have had to stand in his place, which is funny because we know that the whole point was I'm going to do it so you don't have to. But he would have had to go in uh, for John Lawrence, but that doesn't happen. He's there to negotiate and we'll talk about what happens. I will that. say that one thing I think is smart about the way that the duel is set up is that the seconds go in to negotiate because the two people who are about to have a duel, it's probably not likely that if one, if neither of them could apologize, then they're probably not going to be very good at negotiating either. So <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, well that, that is smart to be like, you know what, I'm going to give someone else who maybe isn't quite as angry as I am the opportunity <laughs> to solve this for me. You just yeah. got to hope that your second is actually wanting to negotiate, which I don't know in this case <laughs> that right. that's where we are. <laughs> no, I definitely, you don't get that vibe from Hamilton um, at all. Mm -mm. Uh, Burr does seem to want to, Yeah, and, and we're going to talk about him a little bit. Um, so this is a real thing. This duel happened. Um, mm -hmm. There was a duel between John Lawrence and Charles Lee. Hamilton was John Lawrence's second. Um, however, Aaron Burr was not um dun, the, dun, second, dun. the second to uh charles lee um that goes to a guy by the name of evan edwards um who i did try to do some research and see if he was in any way connected to the edwards family that aaron burr is connected to i couldn't hmm. find out if he was or wasn't um ancestry.com let you down huh <laughs> i didn't go there <laughs> look edwards is a pretty common name um, when I went to go find out, I was like, Jonathan Edwards, like how many kids did he have? I like the article I found was basically like, um, he, there was a lot of people that were in the Edwards family and they were all of, of some note. And that was literally, that's all it said. Like, wow. apparently they also, accused him of eugenics because everyone connected to the Edwards family was like, <laughs> was like in power and like held status and everything. So yeah. there was there was an accusation that that's um, dark. It is dark. It's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty dark accusation. He's a pastor, honestly. right? Yeah. Yikes. Unless I looked up the wrong Jonathan Edwards, but I don't think I don't think I did. Well, but Jonathan <laughs> Edwards, I was just about to say this is also like probably a pretty common name too. Oh yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, this is Jonathan Edwards, theologian. So yeah, same dude. Um, that so. was going to be my name if I was a boy. Did you know that? Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan Edward. Jonathan Edward. Oh wow! Isn't that crazy? Wow, it is. It is. I don't know why you would have known that. Yeah, I don't either. Um, <laughs> but I do now. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, aware. Totally. You've you've said that to me before. <laughs> I remember we're having that conversation. You're like, hey, you know, you want to know what my name would have been if I was a boy? <laughs> Just like <laughs> curious. But do y'all know what y'all's names would have been if you were girls? I used to, um, mm. but I don't. Mine, mine was going to be my sister's name. So, oh, <laughs> my they're like kept number, it in the bank. <laughs> my sister's number two. She was like, "Oh, it's a boy. Let's save this one." <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. 
Um, I forgot. I, I there is a name. I remember. I know that there is one, but I forgot what it was. That's your homework. Okay. okay. I, do, I do have a funny family saltiness story. I don't know if my mom still listens to the podcast or not, <laughs> but she found out she she originally wanted to name me something like Max. And my grandmother, uh, my, my her mother-in-law decided she was like, ooh, I like that name. And that immediately turned my mom off to the name. Oh, oh cool. mom. So Andrew, it is. <laughs> Does your grandma know that story or did we just drop some truth bombs on the show? <laughs> My grandmother doesn't know how to work a phone, much less yeah. Spotify podcasting. Cool. So now we've 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 broken ground on a story and we've insulted her. So if she does ever listen to this, um, let us know. Um, <laughs> grandma, I'm sure I'll get written out of the will. <laughs> just, look, we're just coming for everybody with, with this show. <laughs> Last week it was Lynn Manuel and Spirit. This week it's Andy's grandma. <laughs> So we're like the level. We're like the writers of South Park. There's nobody safe. Um, All right. So number three, (laughs) number three, number three is that your seconds that you had picked would come in and they would negotiate. Um, Bird lets us know they would negotiate a piece and Hamilton butts in or they negotiate a time and place Um, because we got to schedule this bad boy. People got things to do. Um, Mm -hmm. If we're going to come stand in a field and shoot at each other, um, we're going to do it on a schedule <laughs> so <laughs> they got uh, they got things they have to write exactly things they have some of them do um so alexander like you said audrey probably not the best pick here um he's in the musical very hot-headed in this moment um he was also hot-headed in real life he was mad for all the same reasons that he's mad in the show because the the problem was um, Hamilton and Lawrence were accusing Charles Lee of saying some very specific things about George Washington um, to other people. Um, we know that he said things like there's writings about it, right? But they were mm. mad about specific things. And those are the grievances that they brought. Um, and that is why the duel happened. Burr was mad. Lawrence was mad. Um, excuse me. Hamilton was mad. Lawrence was mad. <clears throat> Burr had nothing to do with this in real life. Um, but Burr actually has seconded in a duel um, that involved Hamilton um, with James Monroe. So (laughs) Hamilton and James Monroe almost had a duel. Um, This is getting ahead of ourselves in the story a little bit, but Hamilton blamed James Monroe for the investigation that unearthed his affair with Mariah Reynolds. Um, So the story of that is that uh, Mariah Reynolds' husband gets arrested um and they he and the guy that got he got arrested with uh basically fingered hamilton for crime that is the reason they start this investigation that finds out that hamilton's been giving this dude money so hamilton's mad at james monroe for that whole affair um literally um and uh he challenges him to a duel (laughs) um and it is largely because of aaron burr that the thing gets de-escalated because he is chosen as james monroe's second and he actually does bring the thing um, to a closure. Um, so, you know, maybe Burr would have been a good choice uh, for a second um, in a duel. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I. It seems like he's kind of the person that wants to de-escalate action in general. So yeah. at least the way that his character is written in this show. So mm-hmm. it seems like He's like, let's be smart about this. Let's not kill people that don't have to be killed. <laughs> At least Hamilton, right now, that's his thought process. Right. Like, which I said last week, if he would stick to the plan, then <laughs> then maybe we would exactly. end up somewhere different or two weeks right. ago, whenever that was. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Burr, stay in this place. We want you to stay here. <laughs> yeah. We we know we know that he won't. Um, all right. So rule number four is if they don't meet, reach a piece, that's all right. Um, funny that that comes from Lawrence. And I love how just like laissez-faire it is about the whole thing. Like, well, if they can come to peace, then that's great. But if not, it's okay. It'll be fine. Get some guns. Get a doctor. Yeah. And, it's uh, kind of cool. Like, um, I forget where this is, either between either it was three or four, but like they kind of use the words that Lin-Manuel uses that he says like, the word die and the word shoots that mm -hmm. like as as something as as to make it seem like most disputes die and no one shoots they're kind of used very laissez-faire um mm -hmm. but they're things that are like very serious um things it's like when we kind of use a tragedy as as like something that like not to make a big deal of it. it's like big deal it's not like you've got cancer or something you know <laughs> Like, whereas if you actually had it or if you actually died or if you actually shot somebody, mm -hmm. like, it would be tragic. Yeah. And the reality is, is that it very often did end without people shooting um, for what it's worth to to put yourself in a situation where you're going to shoot somebody or shoot at somebody. Um, most of the time, once kind of cooler heads prevailed and discussion started happening, very often would not make it to the shooting part um, but yeah. you're right it, it it is like this kind of like it it's weird because it's not something that we do it, it's something that's like at one on one hand is incredibly barbaric but mm. also has all of these like rules connected to it um and so it's interesting but it does it does quite often lend to people not actually shooting at one another yeah um, especially when they're like mostly matters of pride and yeah. uh, formality for sure and like even during this time like you know that dueling wasn't that common anyway like i think two or three a year was something that i read and that it was mostly between like officers like in the army yeah and they bring that up in the song right it, this is mm -hmm. commonplace mostly between recruits so yeah um this is something that's because think of it you got you got two folks two guys that are um, you know, lower down in the army, um, trying to make a name for themselves, right? Mm -hmm. It all comes down to pride and legacy and 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 all of these things. And so it makes total sense. Um, but yeah, most of the time they would not actually make it to the shooting. Mm -hmm. If they did, if the net if they don't fix it and they escalate to the next step, then we're gonna get pistols or whatever we agree to. You could agree to other weapons. Um, and you're gonna grab a doctor. I want to talk about pistols for a second because. I do want to put it in context. Um, we're not talking like handguns with super accuracy. Um, like, like not, we're not talking like nine millimeters. Right. This is not mm -hmm. the same thing as Andy and I decide we're mad at each other and we go hang out in the woods and step 10, 10 like steps away and turn around and shoot each other with nine millimeters. It's not what this is. Um, you're talking about guns that had to be loaded with gunpowder and actual balls like put down in the gun. Um, and apparently they specifically would very often get pistols that were not going to be incredibly accurate. So there's an element of luck um, that falls into this. Apparently they would even sometimes get a gun where the ball might actually like roll around in the barrel if you were to like shake it um, so that you're not going to get an accurate shot off super easily. So there is a, so I do want to clarify that I think this is stupid but it definitely is not as guaranteed of like, oh, somebody's getting shot today because even both people shooting, you could miss. 
But then it's also stupid in another way. Cause it's like, <laughs> Oh, we're going to do this for the purpose of showing like, like protecting our pride, but we're, we're not really doing it. Yeah, we're sure. still, it's an understood thing that we're both gentlemen and we're not actually going to kill each other. So it's just like, then why do it? Can you just yell at each other or have an argument instead of it's, just shooting at each other? Especially going through all of these rules, like yeah. <laughs> picking a time and a place, like you got to be mad at this dude for days you had to bust out a calendar <laughs> you gotta go to sleep with that anger y'all and <laughs> wake up with that anger go down yeah. on that anger and exactly. then go another time and be like yep i'm still mad enough to shoot a gun at you <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but anyway i wanted to clarify because i i like i mentioned last week i think this the whole thing was like like you're gonna you're going to turn your, like somebody's getting shot today, but apparently it was pretty common that nobody might actually get shot because you might miss. Um, but you're planning to miss. Well, you would, you, you could plan to miss, but also you could be absolutely trying to hit them and your stupid, stupid old world gun doesn't work right. Um, but you do have a doctor there because somebody does get shot. Um, we definitely need a doctor there to rub some herbs and spit into it. Um, <laughs> give them some, give them some, uh, some cocaine. Yeah. Some cocaine. Um, so you, you can use the 10 crack commandments there. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you have that doctor turn around so they can have deniability, which is hilarious. Um, but it's the same love thing. That. It's the I, same thing. <laughs> I love that. Well, it's like bring the doctor, but have him turn around turn around so he can say i didn't know <laughs> i ain't seen nothing i ain't no snitch um <laughs> but to be fair is it any different than like when we had like firing squads like only one person has the actual bullet and nobody knows who it is or like i mean that was pretty con- that was a thing what is um, that when you would have firing squads to execute people when i had firing squads well, not we I didn't but- have this. yeah you had one at your wedding for the someone world. wearing white you're like off to the side you're wearing white you're wearing cream but it's off, not off with their head it's close enough um, <laughs> it's my day uh, another reason you would have your doctor turn around is uh so they couldn't be arrested um, because dueling was illegal uh, in certain places but apparently very rarely prosecuted um mm-hmm. so dueling in like nine states is technically still legal or is let me Georgia I'll, one of them. Georgia is not one of them. <laughs> oh man, they let me but, know. But but Texas is. Of course. If there but, was going to be any state, it would be Texas. Is Montana one? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um but what's funny is like dueling is is technically legal, but everything that stems from dueling is still illegal. Like you can still be charged for like manslaughter or sure. like attempted murder. Yeah. So you can do it, but so everything that it. happens after that, you will be prosecuted for. Yes, yeah. including firing the gun. Wow. All right. Yeah, I tried to Google real quick. All I, all I pulled up was Texas, but I'm sure it's more. Because, <laughs> <clears throat> again, we've established Andy's not a liar. Um, all right. So, so we would. tenant of this podcast. We Andy would, uh, is not a liar. I believe we established that last week. So. <laughs> Print the shirts. Print the shirts. Andy, Andy is not a liar. I just remember last week I was like, the end of the episode, I'm like, you're, you're not, not a liar. liar. Are you? You're not a liar, are you, Andy? <laughs> um, <Nah>. Number five <laughs> is Duel Before the Sun is in the Sky. That Charles Lee tells us this in the song. Um, this is pretty simple. It's so the sun doesn't give anybody an advantage or a disadvantage. Um, and also so you might still miss each other. 
Right. And because- it gives you a chance to sober up too. <laughs> I mean, yes. If you make this, Cause if you make it, if you challenge somebody as a duel when they're drunk, like challenge you at midnight that's true <laughs> yeah. um but also because you don't want the sun in your eyes when you're murdering your fellow man um yeah. really you want to you want to upset that. your pride you want to do that before the sun comes up because once the sun's up your day has already started now you got to live with a murder on your conscience all day yep. um so yeah. i want i want i like my murders before my coffee i did i did try i did try to find out um incidentally um when alexander hamilton's uh duel with burr happened um, because I had heard somewhere that maybe supposedly like the sun was in his eyes, but I couldn't find any proof of that. Um, so that that's that. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to roll through some of these because there's not a ton, but like the six would be leave a note, basically let people know what happened. Um, sometimes this would happen pretty quickly. And so the people that you, you know, love and that live in your home might not know you were going to go maybe murder somebody or get murdered. Um, so you would leave a note. Uh, and then that was six. And then you would pray number seven um, because you're going to die maybe. And um, I, it's interesting to note, nobody does this in the show that we see. Uh, ain't, ain't no praying going on there. Um, no, it, it happens. It escalates pretty quickly. It does escalate quickly. Um, number eight would be the last time to negotiate. Um, this can go all the way up to literally your seconds are on the dueling ground um it's like the last moment like yeah you changed your mind did you could we (laughs) can we just call this off now yeah this could happen anytime between the time that you established the duel and here um Mm -hmm. very uh, sometimes it did literally get to the dueling grounds your seconds are on the grounds trying to get that last chance negotiation and they do and then the whole thing gets called off i mean you are about to point a gun at a human Mm-hmm. Um, and so by the time we get to this point, there are a lot of times where people are like, okay, this is maybe dumb. Um, they sobered up. Right. Right. This is mm-hmm. maybe dumb, but it is, it's like a, uh, it's like a game of chicken really. Um, because here's the thing. If you did agree to not have a duel, then you had to come to like a conclusion of what happened. So literally it's all about pride. So like people would decide together, this is what we think is okay. This is what we'll, this, this is all the reasons we'll tell people we didn't shoot each other in the face this morning. Um, even if it wasn't true, like just the two of you had to come to an agreement of like, this is the reasons we didn't shoot each other. Um, because heaven forbid our friends know that we got hot headed and then we realized it was dumb. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, look them yeah. in the eye, aim no higher you're about to shoot somebody like look them in the eye, give them the respect, I guess, to that you're paying attention to them. I don't know. That one is weird. Well, there's a, there's a whole like shame culture. If you won't meet someone's eye, there's a, there's a thing that's communicated there, right. That like either you're ashamed or you don't respect them enough Mm -hmm. to actually look at them. So it's, you know, two sides, not actually meeting their eye is, either you're ashamed of what you're doing and in the pride world that would be no 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 i i stand behind what i'm doing (laughs) i can't i can't express shame about making this choice or you don't respect them and so if you don't respect them why are you honoring them with a duel in the first place like are they even worth your time yeah for some reason i got like that just reminded me of like the line in Phantom where she talks about keeping your hand at the level of your eye. Um, 
which I know would be the opposite of that. Like you don't want to look at him because he's gross, but um, for some reason, just because I'm in theater mode, that's where no, my that's a, that's a actually a fencing thing. And like a sword fighting thing, Stop you keep it. the lever level of your eye in order to defend. Stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Then I'll, then it's even better that it came to my mm-hmm. brain. I'm, yeah. I'm accidentally saying something smart. Look <laughs> at me. Yeah. Um, yeah. That means like be on guard. Keep your hand at the level of your eye. Oh, yeah. I got you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I love, can I just say, I love that number 10 and 10 paces become the same line. Yep. Um, it's like, there's this thing is so speedy that like, mm-hmm. we can't even do number 10. This is what it is. Um, so 10 paces, we see that all the time, right? Like in movies and things where there's, there's duels, it's, it's always 10 paces and then you turn around and shoot at each other. Um, that was pretty common because it was even, but the p- number of paces and really even the way that they go about the duel is all decided by the duelers and their seconds. Mm. Um, so in the case of the Lee Lawrence duel. Yeah, tell us what happened in IRL. Yeah, so um, General Lee um, decided to advance upon one another and each fire at the time and distance that they thought was proper. Um, By the way, I'm reading from the account of a duel between Major General Charles Lee and Lieutenant Colonel John Lawrence um, on the 24th of December, 1778, written by our own Alexander Hamilton. Um, So yeah, he wrote it. Of course he did. Um, but yeah, so General Lee says, hey, why don't we just walk towards each other? And then when we decide that we think we should shoot, let's just do it. Um, and John Lawrence was like, okay, dope, let's do that. And so they agreed to it. And that is the way this duel started was they're just going to walk towards each other and decide to shoot when they want to. So chaotic. What? <laughs> so it's so chaotic, which is so fascinating because it's all these rules that are supposed to make it like gentlemanly <laughs> right, right. and make it proper. And then they say, you know what, let's, let's just kind of throw all of that out of the window and we'll just oh, yeah. shoot whenever we feel yeah. ready. Let's keep playing the game of chicken. I yeah. think, I think when you get to the end of this story, you're going to realize just how ridiculous this whole, this whole thing is. If you didn't <laughs> already know. So IRL, both men shoot. Um, Lawrence does hit Charles Lee. Um, and then immediately goes to reloading his gun because you have to, because they don't hold more than one bullet. So, right. So they shoot, he hits Charles Lee and immediately starts reloading his gun while he's reloading. Charles Lee declares that he is wounded immediately. John Lawrence rushes to see what's up and Lee decides that the wound isn't that bad. And he proposes that they shoot again. There's only a flesh wound. Like he literally (laughs) is like, Oh, my bad. I'm not as shot as I thought I was. <laughs> Let's he go wants again. Another option. Another yeah. listen, opportunity. Listen, Josh. I'm cutting half real bad. I'm cutting half <laughs> real bad. So Hamilton and Evan Edwards, um, the actual seconds, are both like, no way. This is over now. Um, but Lee is insistent that he wants to shoot again. He wants a do-over, <laughs> even though he's shot. <laughs> He's a bad loser at a duel, right. and which so, is fascinating. And so Hamilton decides that Lauren's honor matters more than all of this. And so he agrees that, no. okay, fine. Wow. We can shoot again. Um, Edwards is not having it. And he's like, no, no, this thing needs to be over. <laughs> um, and so 
Lee decides to yield to what Edwards is saying. And so Hamilton and Edwards walk off. Remember, Charles Lee is shot. <laughs> and so Hamilton and Edwards, they leave and they go talk about it. And they well, decide- the doctor's there. So right. <laughs> they decide that it's over and they break the news to the two guys that like, hey, we're we're cutting it short. Can't and, fight anymore, guys. And Sorry. both both of them agree to it. Um, and so now it's over. So they go to their respective corners, right? So afterwards, Lee basically says that he doesn't have any hard feelings toward John Lawrence. He's only doing this because he wanted to defend his honor. Oh my God. Lawrence says basically, Lee knows why I'm here because of all those awful things he said about George Washington. And Lee goes, yeah, I said some stuff, but that's my right. And by the way, I didn't say the exact stuff that you said that I said. And anybody ought to be able to say anything they want about anybody. But I didn't say that stuff you said. And so it's over. But this is what Hamilton wrote about it. I'm not even kidding. All that stuff I just told you. This is his final thought. Upon the whole, we think it is a piece of justice to the two gentlemen to declare that after they met their con after they met, their conduct was strongly marked with all the politeness, generosity, coolness, and firmness that ought to characterize a transaction of this nature. Wow. That's his final thought. Like, oh yeah, they shot each other, but they were pretty chill about it afterwards. <laughs> That one like moment where they just decided, hey, let's just run at each other and shoot whenever we feel like it. Yeah. Not that, not that moment, but everything else. They no, were af- really- after they met. So yeah, after. it was it was a cluster before, but once oh, they shot, right. once Lee because got they were shot, kind toward each other after. <laughs> you sure that you sure that Lee just wasn't in shock after the doctor put leaves on the injury? Right. <laughs> put some mud in it. It'll be all put right. Some mud and some leaves. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so that's the real the real life story of the Man. John Lawrence Charles Lee duel. Um, it sucked, that, but they were polite to one another afterwards. <laughs> that feels like that feels like an argument between eighth grade boys that have spent too much time together. Absolutely, <laughs> right? it's guns. like summertime. It's like the end of summer when you've been hanging out with your friends too much and you like yeah. need a schedule, and everybody hates everyone. Exactly, yeah, you, it's, you, you start it's, hanging out with the with the kid's dad because like you can't. <laughs> Like yeah. you just can't be in the same room anymore. <laughs> it's like that your parents won't let them let you spend the night with your best friend because y'all spent four days together. Mm-hmm. And you started being mean to each other. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Except in this case, the mean was a bullet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting to hear the the order that things are supposed to be in and then the chaos that ensues, which you know there has to be chaos at some point if a duel is actually going to take place. If there's all these safety nets along the way of having your second go in and negotiate, having another opportunity for your second to negotiate and call it off and you actually get to the duel, there's got to be a moment of some pretty intense chaos, which I think you see interestingly reflected in the staging Mm -hmm. so there's a couple of moments the build of it is pretty it's pretty subdued we see the ensemble sort of around the back and they have specific movements for every number which is interesting for me that Mm -hmm. and at first I think I didn't like it I was like "Uh, okay um (laughs) but it is interesting that the whole like the whole ensemble is doing 
the same movement. There's mm-hmm. a, there's slight variations, but they're all telling you what a duel is, but there's a couple of moments where the ensemble comes to the middle. And I think it's the part where they say they're talking about praying and they're mm-hmm. like in there and then they turn around and you know that the tension is building. So you mm-hmm. see that like, okay, we've gotten to like, we're halfway through these steps. We've gotten to these like prayer moments. And then the biggest moment that the ensemble is spread out. And then right before 10, they all cross in the center. And then there's an open space where the two of them are about to shoot at each other. Mm-hmm. And it it's such an interesting reflection of the build of chaos for me in the staging that everything is controlled along the way, even as they're telling us what the numbers are. And it's all exposition, like Andy was saying that it's, you know, they're, they're, doing it in a way that is more interesting than just telling you all of the rules. So they're doing almost like a dumb show, which is like showing you what it is without words. They're still saying mm. words, but you see them like kind of acting it out. And so it, it's fascinating for me to see the style that they choose to to tell you about the duel, that it's exposition, but they're doing that thing that we talked about in the last song where they're kind of going in and out of real time. And then they land on the moment because this duel is between Lee and, and Lawrence, but it's really the crux of it is Hamilton and Burr still, right? They're the only ones that really speak in real time. Mm -hmm. It's like, we're, they're telling us all of these things. They're talking to the audience. And then the moment that we go into real time is when Hamilton and Burr are talking to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the lighting completely shifts you see that it's just the two of them and they're rotating but they're not walking they're just looking at each other i love that shot by the way of just like me too them Mm -hmm. like twirling around one another on the turntable i love Mm -hmm. it i love i love that they speak to each other in like the phrasing that they've they've talked to each other before like they start off very cordial you know aaron burr sir Mm -hmm. and all of those rhymes and they're very cordial and very polite and then you can see hamilton flip a switch yeah and you can see it you can see it but you also hear it in the rhyme like he stops the rhyme and he stops the flow that they're operating in um and then that's where burr says okay so we're doing this Mm -hmm. yeah because you can tell hamilton's getting upset and angry which not only shuts him down, but it, I love that Aaron Burr forces him back into the rhyme scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Hamilton started running off of the mouth and Burr's just like, okay, so we're doing this. And it puts it right back into the the pattern that it's been. And yeah, I he love rhymes it, so it much. with He rhymes it with ruinous, right? Yeah, so, ruinous. Okay, so we're doing, doing this. Okay, right? so we're doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so good. Yeah, but, it's, it's, it's interesting to see that that's the moment, that's the flip. And also to watch... Lee Manuel Hamilton, he's smiling so much the at whole the time. beginning. Yeah. And he's talking to Burr. I was like, oh, you're doing the smile more he's, thing. He yeah. Is. It's he 100% was. fake, man. He is like fake smiling through the beginning. He's like, he's just like, hey. And then he, <laughs> then he just says that moment where he's like, okay, I can't handle this anymore. Hold I am mad. Yeah. Uh, I am mad at this guy. Uh, and by the way, Charles Lee, um, not inexperienced. Um, douche canoe, yes. Inexperienced, no. <laughs> um and so i just i wanted to point that out oh yeah because that's what hamilton says about him yeah he's he's inexperienced because lee was inexperienced and ruinous um he's not inexperienced um ruinous yes but and he's in he's more inept than inexperienced 
Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he panicked. I mean, he did panic in that battle. Um, we. Right. <laughs> Maybe he shouldn't have been screaming we. That should have been our right. That's this probably guy what wasn't. happened in history. I think um, that's I think he did. He, he just said <laughs> we, and then the battle was lost. Um, but no, not an experience. I mean, he's, he's been around, he's been around the block. Granted some of that, he was, you know, actively fighting against America, but whatever, you know, we'll make him a general. Um, (laughs) yeah. And also, uh, while, while we're on that number of the interaction, when they go, when it goes from the rules and the exposition to them interacting, um, you can hear a woodblock in there. That's almost seems like time slowing down. Mm. Like you hear, Mm. you hear the, yeah Mm -hmm. um because up until then you hear like almost like a timer counting down um Mm. to the to the numbers but with this it slows it down a little bit and then right after he said uh burr says we're doing this it goes back to the counter um it goes back to the countdown ticking of the i guess the countdown clock Mm. i like that yeah yeah yeah, especially because there's the whole concept of counting, right? We get to the 10 and exactly what you were saying, Josh, that the 10 is 10 steps, right? 10 paces is what it is. That's another moment that it's it's going before we're ready, right? Mm-hmm. That we get to the 10. We don't even have time to explain it. We're already in the duel. Here we go. Five, six, seven, eight, bye. Yeah. And, and that's such great writing that it builds that intensity that you build the tension throughout the number that it starts out with the hopeful resolution. And then as it builds, the ensemble gets more involved in the staging, the turntable rotates more, right? We start, it almost is like swirling around. Mm. So you see the chaos building. And I really like that. I think it's really smart use of the stage and of the turntable. I think we haven't gotten to see it used as much yet in the show with a smaller number of people. So that's mm-hmm. used more with like larger ensemble numbers. And even, even in the film, like you don't see it as much, like I know in helpless, like, and, um, and uh, satisfied it's being used, but you don't see it as much because of the way the cameras are positioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're also not using So like, this is the first time I think we've seen it used this way where, I mean, every maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like every other time, like you said, Audrey, we've kind of seen it with bigger ensemble pieces. They're trying to create this extra motion. Um, but this is like, this is a way for them to do something you might normally do with a camera, which would be to kind of pan between your two people or mm-hmm. rotate around your two people, but you're using the stage to do it. And it's really the first time I think we've seen it used that way. Almost mm-hmm. like a showdown or like a, yeah. like a duel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so I could I could imagine that exact shot in a movie. Mm-hmm. You would have your, your characters stationary, but you would have a camera maybe circling around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but this is, they are circling around each other, but you get the same, the effect is the same mm-hmm. of almost like time sort of standing still around these two men as they kind of are talking about this thing mm-hmm. and they'll use the turntable this way a lot more moving forward. But I think right. one of the first times we see it used um, to do that sort of heavy lifting that I think is happening there, even though it's like a little scene. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives an interesting feeling for the audience. It almost gives you a, an experience of doing, of being in theater in the round mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. in a proscenium. So you, 
in a proscenium, which is what we normally see, we think of as a theater with basically there's, if you think of like a box around the stage, mm-hmm. that's what's called a proscenium. So basically oh. the thing that goes around is the proscenium. Yeah. So okay. like the sides and the top, but there's all kinds of different versions of stages. So there's thrust stage, which is there's audience on three sides of the stage. And then mm-hmm. there's a backstage or a place that the audience isn't. And mm. then there's theater in the round, which is there's audience on every single side. And so it's an interesting thing to get used to in American theater. We're very much used to proscenium theater because that's what the Broadway is. That's what we're used to seeing for the most part. But there's a lot of advantages to doing it in different ways because you get these different views. And so Mm -hmm. Hamilton is using, not Hamilton, the character of the show, is using the stage, the proscenium and having this huge show, but also giving you that intimacy because it's rotating around. So you get the experience of seeing these two dynamic characters opposite each other. And you get to see Burr's face for a minute and you get to see Hamilton's face for a minute. And I I think it's really smart use of it. Usually every time I think of turntables, I think of Les Mis, that's the classic turntable show. Hmm. And so it's cool to see it used in a slightly different way. So I, I really appreciated that use of it. Um, yeah, it was cool to have that moment of the, the time standing still. I like that image and Mm. seeing, okay, what's going to happen. Okay. So we're doing this now we're, (laughs) we're back into it. This is, this is going to happen. Uh, and I, I, I like the movement of this number i like what they've created it's by no means a dance number but there is definitely movement happening and it it kind of reminds me of because it's like going into the world of a fight it reminds me of the choreography in west side story which is the sharks and the jets fighting but they're like doing leaps and jumping (laughs) over each other crouching and snapping Yeah, crouching and snapping and like jump, jump, you know, (laughs) and it's very stylized fighting. And, Mm -hmm. and that's what we see in this too. There's that moment where Lee and Lawrence take the guns and then they kind of are stepping and popping and, and it's fascinating to see them using movement in that same way that the story is still being told, but, and they're not like slugging each other they're not like getting up in each other's faces but you still understand that they are there's a lot of tension between the two of them so I like I like that use of style in the movement I think it it's kind of a different texture of movement than what we've seen before it has a a different feel to it for sure so yeah love that yeah it's pretty cool they're pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) awesome (laughs) Oh yeah. And I also, did you guys notice that at the top, all of like, it's also other principal characters on the balcony. And that's something that's unique about Hamilton that usually ensemble is the crew that does the like backup dancing, if you want to call it that, Mm -hmm. or, and usually other, other principal characters are not used in those moments, Mm -hmm. but Eliza's up there. Angelica's up there. They're doing all this movement. And so that's really interesting for me that it really, it truly is an all skate company moment. And I I like what we, I think we mentioned this in the last, the last episode is um, as an audience member, it communicates that like, this is happening here, but like, there's all these other people that are connected to this, Mm -hmm. this little duel that's happening here. Yeah. Um, 
especially because we know kind of how we, if you've seen the show, then you know kind of where Eliza's at right now and what's going on with her. Right. Um, so there's this whole connection of like what's happening here in this moment on this field is like affecting all of these other people. Um, and you get that effect really well when they happen to be standing in the balcony of the stage, like just watching. Yeah. And in the shadows almost like they're not yeah. even really lit, which I, right. I really like, I think is a cool choice from yeah. the lighting design perspective. But you know, Very it's cool. them because of the way they've set up these costumes where they're, the, they're costume characters, right? Everybody else is in that sort of like standard white, thing. the neutral base. Yeah. Uh, which by the way, we didn't I, shout out to uh, Samuel Seabury is the doctor. I don't know if you guys caught that, but uh, <laughs> hey. same, same guy who was Samuel yeah. Seabury um, in his little white thing with his little briefcase. That's how we know he's a doctor. Because he had the briefcase. Nice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Official doctor briefcase. Yeah. And you can kind of build off of that. um, Like they kind of build off the appearance of these characters all being on stage by using them to build the harmonies on the counting. Like I loved that. I loved how they were all together on the one, two. And then as they counted up, they drifted further into more parts. Um, until you get to that it's the 10 dual commandments that are pitched mm-hmm. an octave apart um, which is something I guess they they did in that era of rap is that they had somebody singing the high part and they had somebody singing the low part um, to kind of um, give it a low end um, but it creates this interesting sound that you hadn't really heard um, up until that point um, so I don't so so folks that are listening I don't know what I don't know what has transpired in the moment between what just happened <laughs> and now. Um, we lost Andy for a minute, and he's back now. Uh, back. Could not, for the life of you, tell you what exactly we were saying. So, Andy, why don't you just pick it up wherever you want to, and I'll do some editing magic. <laughs> Man, I wish I could hear Audrey's point, because Audrey's points are always usually really great. Well, um, Maybe it'll come back up. Yeah, it'll, maybe. It'll, yeah, it'll it will. come to my mind eventually. Just, yeah. You had talked you had talked about the harmonies and we had worked our way up through that and how they, they changed all the way up to create this sort of dissonance. And then that's the last thing. Oh, I- that's what I was gonna say. It it is interesting that it's it the octaves create a feeling of dissonance, even though it's actually not dissonant Mm -hmm. in a music theory way, it still gives an eerie feeling to the moment. So it is creating a sense of foreboding. I think when we get to the 10 dual commandments, when they start saying that, that lets you know, this is not a good moment. It sounds real fun when we're like one, two, three, four, five. But when we get to 10, it's, oh, this is scary, girl. This is not, this yeah. is not a place that you actually want to be. These are rules that will save your life, right? <laughs> prevent you from making terrible mistakes. Absolutely. They've, all, they've also at this point started putting in some, some kind of cool synth sounds um, that are really reminiscent to me of like, uh, like thriller and like, um, things that are supposed to be kind of eerie and scary sort of sense Spooky sounds. sounds. Yeah. So those are kind of working their way in towards the end. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I, all of it, all of it goes to like this whole ordeal is snowballing. Um, and that's why I love that we get to number 10 and we can't even be bothered to say number 10 and then say a sentence. It's number 10 paces. Like mm-hmm. it becomes the same thing. And so at that point, it's like, this thing has gotten away from us. And I just, I love how 
everything from the staging to the sounds to the harmonies are all bringing us to this point of like i'm very unsettled mm-hmm. by what is happening here i remember the first time i listened to this song and i was just kind of jamming out to the song i was like okay cool you're telling me how duels work and then we get number 10 paces fire and then you get that like double shot thing going on it was like oh gosh like we're and now we're in a new song mm-hmm. um, yeah it's a it's- lot it's a lot. And like they give you they give you the one quiet moment between Burr and Hamilton as like the you sure about this? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, all right, fine. The adrenaline is going to be pumping from now on. Yeah, it just goes. I love it. I love yeah. it. So one of the cool things I also also really loved was um, there's this little sound and it took me a couple of times to listen to it um, with each rule that's announced. There is a sound of like finger symbol or like a triangle um and it might be me thinking about it too much but it sound it's it's almost kind of like a bell that kind of mimics the sound of like a boxing bell mm. um that because they ring again like but these bells ring again at the end of each commandment mm. hmm. so i really thought that was cool I was an, aux- an auxiliary percussion player all through uh high school and i've played my fair share of finger symbols. So I'll have to go back and listen and see if I think that's what it is. Me too, man. Me too. Um, I pay, I played enough of like the whip and oh yeah. Ratchet. The, oh yeah. Yeah. My favorite yeah. was the vibra slap. That's my yes. favorite. Um, yes. Audrey, are you not familiar with the vibra slap? I'm not. Could so you, it's this, uh, yeah. Create I'll, that sound for me. I can't. Um, <laughs> no, but if you heard it, you would, you would realize you've heard it a ton in your life. Yeah. Um, but it literally is this thing. It's like on a metal, like a metal thing and you hold it in your hand on part of the metal. And there's like a part at the top that's kind of triangular and fans out. And then there's mm-hmm. this, this ball at the bottom of it. Um, and you take it and you slap that ball in your hand and it causes the metal piece to shake. And it makes this like vibrate slappy noise. Um, Interesting. It's legit. Yeah. I played a lot of vibra slap in my day. Um, yep. And, and the whip crack is literally just, if, if you have a fancy one, it's probably plastic, but um, sometimes it is ghetto like ours was. And it's like literally just two boards with a hinge in the middle um, with where someone like drilled in some cabinet pulls um, mm-hmm. and you just slap these two pieces of wood together. Man, those are not ghetto. The, I tried to buy one of those one time. They are upwards of like $90. Oh, no, no, no. no two I know. pieces of wood. Somebody at our school made this though. This oh, was, yeah. was it a was it a wood shop assignment? I mean, it literally was like it was Homemade. like the door handles <laughs> off of somebody's kitchen cabinets. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then we bought a fancy one, and honestly, I like the wood one better. The wood, the wood does create that nice sound. Every Christmas at Sleigh Ride, it was my That's job. Right. That's yep. right. Yeah, job to play the whip. Anyway, yep. we, we digress. Right. We're down. We're down band. Down band <laughs> corner. Band alley. Band alley over here. But yeah, so I liked that a lot. Um, and then a couple minor things that I liked that were oh, mainly one minor thing. I liked the I liked the line, um, pick a place to die where it's high and dry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very reminiscent of uh, Biggie's line from Tech Cra- 10 Crack Commandments of never get high on your own supply. I love that. <laughs> I love that in the research for this, uh, you had to listen to Notorious B.I.G. multiple you times. You know, I got to be thorough, man. I love it. It makes me so happy. You love it when they call me Big Papa? I do. Throw your hands in the air. If you's a true player. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Audrey says no. Audrey has like had four moments of like severe cringe tonight. Can't see. Just four? I feel like that's I feel like that's low ball on it. <laughs> well, we've also we've also not been doing this for very long. <laughs> um yeah, no, I do. I love the I love the callbacks. I think one of the things that um Lynn is doing really well with this song um is letting us really feel this like this tie to to old hip-hop and he's really doing doing the work to um connect it not just to this show that's happening but to just hip-hop history in and of itself i really appreciate that um, yeah he's done it right like we've talked about how oh this line sort of feels kind of eminem like or this line mm-hmm. feels this way but this is really he took an idea like uh, the DNA of a song, 10 crack commandments. And was like, let me imbue that into this song about, you know, 18th century dueling practices. Yeah. So the, uh, the last one I had was more of a question for everybody. Um, why is Burr siding with Lee on this? Like just in the context of the story. Cause I mean, obviously it Cause, wasn't. Yeah. Cause like in, I'm just like, is it a, is it just a way for him to get on stage, or is it <laughs> is it a is it a thing to further? Like, part of me was thinking, is it a is it a reason so you can see Hamilton and Burr on differing sides again? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, definitely, I think it. Go ahead. I think it lives in that world. It's a it's reinforcing the fact that they are on opposite sides that they handle things really differently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in a lot of ways we've talked about that they have a lot of respect for each other, but they also feel very annoyed by each other and drive each other crazy. And there's an element of, oh, that's the side that you're on. I'm going to be on the opposite side mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I just don't like you and I just don't want you to win. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. Maybe there's some of that going on, but I, I think from a, from a staging perspective, it's likely they weren't going to introduce a new character for this second. And it Mm -hmm. made sense if there was going to be somebody that Hamilton was going to push back against the tension they're trying to build is between Hamilton and Burr. Yeah. I do appreciate that. I mean, I think you're right. I think the biggest thing is it, it makes sense because of the character that we know Burr to be. And it makes sense because, puts him on the stage once again at odds with Hamilton. Hmm. I do appreciate the fact that he literally did second in a duel that involved Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we don't get this, this exchange between, you know, Hamilton and James Monroe. So it is interesting that we do get this idea of Burr trying to deescalate um, a duel that Hamilton was in some way a part of. Um, uh, but yeah, I think it makes total sense. And it look, there's like what three duels in this show. Um, and yeah, this connects, this connects Burr, um, to that process. Again, we, we get put with Hamilton and Burr in a situation where one, they have the choice whether to escalate or, or deescalate. And in this case, Burr is, you remember, he just come out of wait for it not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's very much the level headed, Hey, let's be calm, whatever. I think it makes it even more extreme when we go further in the show and, Burr makes the choices that he makes to see just how how much he's moved from this moment to that moment, I think is another cool reason that it's there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yes. I, I buy that. <laughs> um, cool. Okay, well, um, 
who who uh, best line best line. Sorry. best line is first um and i guess I oh it's me first it's me. yeah mm-hmm. um yeah no i think um it's it's a toss-up for me so i really like um the hang on how many men had to die because lee was inexperienced and ruinous i like that the breakup there is cool and honestly right there next to it is i really i don't it's not especially flashy but i love the okay so we're doing this like i love (laughs) i just love and i love it more in the live version because you just see what's going on 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 burst face um but i i loved that part even the first time i heard it i just i like the idea of this one guy going just all out and the other guy being like all right well i thought we were gonna get out without shooting people but we're not now Mm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> then it's like, well, okay. Yeah. I tried, I tried my best and okay, clearly so this is not going to work. We're yeah. going to do this. Yep. Yeah. So I, I think mine is have it because I think it's funny. The whole concept of the doctor have him turn around <laughs> so he can have deniability, which is just so ridiculous. Like, like <laughs> Hey doc, can you come? We're not going to tell you what we're doing or anything. We're definitely not doing a duel, but you know, because that's illegal. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just love so could like, you just come hang out with us before the yeah. sun rises? Just go look at the deer. Just go yeah. look at the deer. Yeah, look at, look at the nature walk. Look at the flowers. Look at, yeah, look at the pretty sunset. Sunrise. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, I just love like I love the whole idea of like you. We, we're not gonna, but you know, you know, <laughs> right, right, right. We're not, but like we but need we you are. there, but just, just in case, if someone yeah. starts bleeding, bring your mm-hmm. briefcase. <laughs> Please bring your doctor briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes, my, that's fine. I like <laughs> mine is not funny, but it's I, I love it. It's a confess your sins, ready for the moment of adrenaline when you finally face your opponent. Yeah. I love that where it is because they've already gone through all of the all of the stuff of the prep and the preparation, and it hasn't quite happened between Burr and Hamilton that quiet moment before all of the chaos happens. But they're getting ready for it. They're getting hyped up for it. Um, and I I really like that line. Yeah, I do too. Um, I, I I like the line. I like the wording. I, for some reason, really don't like Lee. Like, I don't know if it's the guy playing him. Like, I mean, he's great. He's good. But I mean, like, no, I don't. It's not about the way he delivers the line. Yeah. Ready for the moment of adrenaline. I don't, ugh, gross. Don't do it. (laughs) But the line's good. (laughs) Well, he had such a hot moment in, um, in the last song. He did. And then he just kind of, ruins it well, <laughs> he just not ruins it, it. You know, like yeah we're tr- we're not supposed to like him we're not he's, supposed to think he's cool <laughs> he, he is ruinous um so. <laughs> but not inexperienced as we but not inexperienced <laughs> um all right who won um so uh, well who won the duel is john lawrence but um i think I don't know. I, I really, I like Burr in this song. I don't really know why other than I just think he's the attitude, the swagger there of the, okay, so we're doing this. I just love it so much. Um, and so I'm giving it to him. I don't, that's it. That's all I got for you. I'm going to say that I give the winner of this to the ensemble for being like the best backup, but not grabbing attention. So there's a, there's a full support and you know that this is a big deal that people are watching, right. That people are paying attention to what's going on without 
the ensemble needing to be flashy. So I think that they, they serve a great purpose in keeping us all on the same page. They create chaos in the movement and also point our attention to the real duel, which is Hamilton and Burr that's going to happen later. Right. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do a hot take here and say the ensemble wins. I love that. Um, (laughs) I am going Lawrence as the winner um, just because he's got the most to do and he does a lot with it um, like outside of the company. Um, and so I think, yeah, he's my winner. That's all I have to say about that. And he literally does win the duel. So yeah, he does. Um, he's he a literal winner. Shot him in the side. Um, <laughs> and then, it, and then Lee was like, come on back for more, but not yeah, in the play, but not in the play. <laughs> it's, it's only a win. Um, I do, win. I do like, and it's in the next song, right? But that, that, remember that story when we go into next week because they have some conversation right after the duel that I think is relevant when we talk about the real story. So we might come, we might revisit briefly mm. that story next week. Um, there's one thing I want you to I keep- revisit on the Hamilton Revisit podcast. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's so um, strange. <laughs> something else I want you guys to keep in the back of your mind. So maybe I'll remember it when it happens. Um, we do hear the song again later um, in in the in the duel, the main duel, um, and uh, pay attention to who was singing "Most Disputes Die and No One Shoots" um, because it's mm-hmm. different. It's different the next time mm-hmm. that we hear it. Um, so yeah, I'll leave it at that. I think it's yeah. that line. I think it's that line. If it's not, then I just whiffed that reference, but. <laughs> It's all right. It happens so far in advance. We probably won't remember. Nobody will remember when we're doing this show next year sometime, Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is really not that far away. Like next year is not that far. Next year is like 18 days. (laughs) But so I can fix it. Um, Listen, listen to it. The next time we hear these words, pay attention to who's singing what, because it's relevant. Um, That's all I got to say about that. All right. Um, Rate the song uh, out of 10. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a five. Um, I like this song. I do. I do. So I like this song. Um, but it this one, more than any, like, we've had a lot of songs that have made me mad about, like, oh, we have to pause it there. But for some reason, it really rubs me wrong that, like, the, there's part of this story that doesn't get told in this song. Um, and it, like, flows into the next one so largely. And I like it, but I'm not, like, sitting here jamming to Ten Dual Commandments. Um, mm-hmm. also I'm here for the rapping and it's okay in this song, but it's like, it's, it's more it's doing other things. So I'm giving it a five, maybe a five point. No, five, five, even man. done. That's what I gave farmer refuted, man. Hey, yeah. you get to each their own. To I each know. Their own. That's Dif- right. Different strokes for different folks. <laughs> it's so and we just say like stereotypical old people saying just cliches yeah. it is what it is <laughs> it is what it is <laughs> that's the way the cookie that's the way the cookie crumbles mm-hmm. that's right. mm-hmm. andy what's your or audrey sorry audrey yeah it's me it is uh so i say that i give this song an eight. Oh wow wow okay yeah i i actually really like this one i think it does a good job of telling us building up for what's going to happen later. This is a whole new concept talking about duels and it tells us exactly what is supposed to happen. It gives us Mm -hmm. a little bit of history. And then I think that the way that they stage it 
it, the way that it is staged and the choreography elevates it. So listening to it by itself, I probably wouldn't give it an eight, but the experience of watching it and seeing how it's staged and the lighting and everything, I think it elevates it for sure. Particularly, I mean, I'm saying that the ensemble won this song. So sure, yeah. <laughs> there's definitely some heavy lifting that's done by the staging. So yeah, I'm going to say it's an eight. I might say that that's a little inflated, but I'm feeling generous today. So it's okay. I was feeling not. I might, mine's pretty yeah. deflated. So that's all right. And that probably is that I listened to it a lot today in the car, like just the mm. audio. Mm-hmm. And that, that definitely has marred my feelings about it. For sure. So. Yeah. I feel that. Anyway, Andy. Man, I, I am in the middle of you guys. I'm going to pull an Audrey and give it a 6.95. <laughs> because And here's I'm why. I'm so delighted by that. That's so good. <laughs> this song is this song is doing something that n- not many things can do. It is taking something that is incredibly boring, but incredibly influential to the rest of the play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And doing something interesting with it mm-hmm. and creative like yeah. this song is a straight up banger <laughs> that has a singular purpose to make us comfortable with duels to yeah. make us to make us comfortable with okay they got to go talk okay then they got to go get a doctor okay so we already they're talking out all of this stuff that's super boring so when we get to the climax of the of the play we know okay They've already done numbers one through seven. Are they going to be at number eight? Is this number eight? Like we know all this in our head. And yeah, the rapping is like the beats pretty, pretty great. The rapping is kind of basic, but like, there's not anything like he's not moving mountains on like yeah. the lyrical, lyrical uh, ability here, but man, this song, like as far as interludes or like I've tried, I've kind of made myself an unwritten rule that I'm not giving um, interludes higher than like a seven. <laughs> just because they're interlude rule sure. yeah mm-hmm. yeah um and so i i can't give it higher than a seven but dang it this thing is so good like it's just even even just when you break down the one two three four five six seven eight nine it's the ten dual commandments is such yeah. it's like oh yeah like you don't <laughs> listen to the whole song but you definitely listen to the first like 15 seconds of it yeah you're not wrong about that yeah you're exactly right and look um you're you're also both right about the fact that this is introducing us to the world of duels of which the next two the only two that are in the show are vastly important um and so for that reason yeah i think yeah can i move mine up to a six i'm gonna move it up to a six i think we make our own rules here yeah i'm gonna move it up to a six because you're right um the work that it's doing is abundantly important for two major parts of this show um mm-hmm. so it deserves now, it deserves now, higher than don't a five. get me wrong if i knew um i if i knew the next song like i knew wait for it or if i knew helpless um i would want to go to the next song too but my memory of of this song was that it was this song and meet is it meet me inside yeah meet me inside they they uh, sit on top of each other they sit on top of each other but I, my memory was that those two were combined yeah. Mm-hmm. And it would it would feel that way. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's a part of why I was kind of going lower, because there is this when you listen to it, just audio, mm-hmm. um, it falls over itself at the end to get to the next song. And it's doing it on purpose um, because it wants you to feel super uncomfortable. Um, but I think that 
when you listen to it singularly plays to yeah. its detriment, which is why it gets a lower number, but it deserves higher than five. So I'm going to give it six um, because it is abundantly important for um, the biggest moments in this show. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that's that. We did it. We finished. Um, and next week we will talk about uh, Meet Me Inside. Um, and we will get to hear um, Alexander and George Washington have a little conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then we'll also get to hear like, how, well, we know how the battle finished, but we'll get to hear how it finishes in the show because we mm-hmm. kind of stopped right at gunshots, literally at gunshots. We stopped. Um, so yeah. Click prow. Yeah. All right. So guys, thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget to like and favorite and comment and subscribe and all those things. Some of that's YouTube stuff. I don't know why I just use follow <laughs> follows what you do on Spotify now. Yeah. Okay. You can follow whatever, all those things. Um, just, just enjoy us and do it publicly. That's really <laughs> enjoy <laughs> and, tell other, and tell other people how you enjoy us Yeah. to get but, them to enjoy us. Yes. The the first rule about uh, Raise a Mic is that you should tell everybody about Raise a Mic because mm-hmm. it's really fun and we would enjoy it if you were here. Um, <laughs> so um, that's stolen from the IT crowd, but it's okay. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Raise a Mic podcast. If you're still here, we know you're a Hamill fan like us, and we want to invite you to become part of the show. You can send us your fun takes on the songs coming up by shooting us an email to raiseamike at gmail.com. If you're using the Anchor app, you can actually leave us a voice memo, and we may use that in the show. Like we said, go ahead and subscribe, review, and rate the podcast because it really does help us rise up those ranks. And make sure to share this podcast with all your Hamilton-loving friends. Until we see you again, we thank you for stopping by and listening to us rant about this musical that we all love so much. Till we meet again, raise a mic, everybody.